What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We're here for our reaction show for Forbidden Door, the second Forbidden Door show. And Paul wanted to ask that we're going to talk. Don't worry. We're going to talk Omega Osprey, people. <laughs> we're we're going to get there. But I had this thought leaving uh, Dave Meltzer's place. And, you know, it's it's kind of it was a crazy night because I don't think there's been that many people at Dave's house ever as, for as long as I've been going to Dave's house. So. There, there was tons of people. So you got tons of feedback. You got, you know, what worked for more casual wrestling fans. What worked for the super hardcore. So it was, it was like a, it, I was paying attention to to reactions for that reason. And I came out of it thinking of asking you this question, which is, is this the best hardcore wrestling fan service show that you've ever watched? Hmm. Wow. That's a I hadn't really thought about it. it it's a different it might it might be. It might you know, like if you'd asked me if it was the best show, you know, like yeah, that's I mean, that's a real that's a much different question. Um, there was so much stuff on this show for the hardcore fans. Um, in fact, I was just having a conversation with Kevin Ely before we went on the air about entrance music. And you know, and everyone makes fun of me because you know I didn't recognize CM Punk's entrance music. No, but but I mean, there was a lot of callbacks on this show, and obviously the big one was Brian Danielson in the main event. Yes, you know that everybody knows, but there was other ones that I had no idea, and people in our Discord were just going crazy for these entrance songs that you know I didn't recognize at all. And I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore fans out there that felt the same as those people in our discord. And then there's a lot of other people that were probably like, well, why aren't they using their regular song? Yeah. You know, like, or maybe they didn't even realize it wasn't their regular song, you know, like, which is what I was um, other than Moxley, you know, like, you know, BCC not coming out to wild thing was, you know, a choice, but obviously for the new Japan and for this show, it was great. And, and, you know, and a lot of the callbacks and the matches themselves and just like stuff like Kojima and Punk and, mm-hmm. you know, like this is all for the hardcore. This isn't for the casual. Yes. You know, and those are the people that are buying all these shows. And, and the reason why I looked at it from that perspective is because these were not necessarily grudge matches, though there were some matches mm-hmm. with grudge. We had the continuation of the BCC versus the elite in, in a, a really, really fun match. But for the most part, these were like dream matches. We had 
two of the biggest dream matches of all time. One was a part two uh, of what we we were probably going to get a series uh, of some sort. And the other was the main event, Danielson and, and, and Okada, which I don't know if you ever thought we were ever going to see that match like two years ago or three <laughs> years ago. Probably not. It never even crossed my mind, I'll be honest with you, uh, until they announced it. And then when they announced it, it was, oh, wow. Okay. You know, so it was like, yeah, this is the kind of match we're going to get now because Brian Danielson's wrestling again and because the Forbidden Door has been knocked down. You know, so there's, I'm sure Danielson's got a list. You remember that list that Cody made? I bet you Danielson's like three times as long. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is. And not only is it three, uh, three times as long, but the fans have a list. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, you know, when Cody left uh, WWE the first time, you didn't have this like surplus of fans going like, oh, I can't wait to see Cody wrestle X, Y, and Z. They didn't really know what he was going to do, right? No. Until he was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I love wrestling. With Brian Danielson, when when AEW signed him, they're like, oh my gosh, there's you know there's just a countless number of things I want him to see. So I, I found that question to be the main question coming out of that show because uh, I went into this show and I mentioned in our Discord and to others, as far as AEW shows this year, I've been to two, both AEW pay-per-views live previous to this one, and I was more excited for this one than I was for those two shows that I went to. And I think... Ultimately, this show delivered to some of the highest expectations that I think a pro wrestling show has ever had. Did you feel like it delivered to what you thought going into the show? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I, my expectation, like my anticipation, hype, you know, whatever, was I said like maybe the biggest. I mean, I'd say the biggest ever. I'm sure there was some WrestleMania back, you know, in in like the 90s or something that I was more excited for. But, you know, like this is in in that I can remember. This is the most excited I've ever been for a pay-per-view. And and I thought the show over-delivered. So um, it out actually out-delivered your expectation. Yeah. But 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 that said, I wouldn't even necessarily say it was the best pay-per-view I've ever seen. Like, I still think that All Out 2021, yeah, you know, is right up there. And it may not even be the show of the year because, I mean, you had that Puerto Rico WWE show. But, I mean, those shows so far over-delivered yeah. this one. You know you know what I mean? So, it's a it, – you know, it's all <laughs> – WWE has a, a, a fun way of – Yes, you you kind of you're skeptical, and then they deliver, and you're like, oh my gosh, it was yeah, like, I can't believe it. Yeah, and if and if if we had the same expectations for the WWE shows as we do for AW, then you know you might not feel the same way. But 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 I mean, I you know, and this is again recency. I may go back, you know, in a, in a month and say, oh my god, I mean that Forbidden Door show was so great, you know? Yeah, um, because I mean, I think I. I got my star ratings here somewhere and I, I had, um, I think I had four matches that were like 4.5 stars or better, you know, like that's incredible, <laughs> you know? And I, like, I don't remember a show that ever had that, um, you know, and then another one at four. I feel like last year's forbidden door, Dave had came to the same consensus as like per, uh, yeah. matches his it was like the highest star ratings he'd ever given or something like that. Yeah. But then there was nothing on last year's show that, touched omega osprey on this one i don't think yes. um you know, I, I, would, I mean not even yeah. close probably well it's funny because our friend john muse said oh i think that was the best match i've ever seen live and i'm like 
okay, first of all, you think, <laughs> and secondly, like, oh my God, like what matches have you seen? You know, like, I really want to know. And I like, I'm not even saying that, like, I'm not questioning him. I'm just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe the matches you must've seen if this wasn't immediately the best match you've ever saw. Yeah. You well, I mean, mean, you know, he he's a longtime yeah. fan and he's yeah. been to yeah. Japan to see wrestling. Well, he was at Mania so. 3, so he saw Savage Steamboat live and I can't imagine what that would have been like at that time. Right, right. You know? And 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 I, and I bet you, I bet you he's probably one of those guys who's like, yeah, Savage Steamboat was great, but I saw, you know, I saw Flair <laughs> yeah. have a better matches like Yeah, and and, and you know, and he saw some matches in Japan and all that, but I mean, this this was this may have been the best match I ever seen. I think my my standard answer when someone asks me that question is usually uh Omega and Ashii from in that US title tournament, the Long um, Beach match? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That, that, that might I, I saw name. that match live. Yeah, I thought you did. Yeah. Um and so this probably well this pass i think this passed that and i think even the dome match passed that but for me tonight passed the dome match yeah well we're we're gonna get to that you know yeah we're we are doing this live on youtube so uh the the, the folks who are watching if you want to drop comments in on the question that i just asked paul about the fan service show and whether it's the best fan service show you've seen also i want to know if where does this rank Omega and uh, and Osprey two in your favorite matches or best matches of all time or whatever, and if, drop those in the comments and and it, it'll it'll add to our conversation because okay, so Dave Meltzer asked me after that match was over, he said, "Is it in your top five greatest matches of all time?" Hmm. I I have a different list of greatest matches and favorite matches. The problem with the greatest matches is if you think about the evolution of sport, the Omega Okada matches had to exist in order for these Omega Osprey matches to uh to exist, right? You had to have something there and now Omega and Osprey are trying to cap, you know, get get close to that or maybe even go over that in some people's minds. So the evolution I find to be uh, so interesting because, you know, people who are uh, people who are saying whatever they said about that match, they didn't see certain matches, you know, way back in the day. But at the same time, those matches from way back in the day, they were only topping what was before their their time. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's how you kind of have to look at this stuff. Um, and so I'll ask you the same question that Dave asked me, which is. Is it in the top five greatest matches you've ever seen? Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I kind of already answered that. I, I, I it may be the best match I've ever seen. Like, um, that's my immediate reaction, um, and I don't, I, I have a hard time thinking of one that that can top it, just because that Wrestle Kingdom match I thought was the best match I ever saw, and this was better. So, so. now, so you're talking about these matches being better. Than yeah. the ones previous to it, which is Omega Okada, which is yes, an interesting yeah. thing. Oh, you know what? Uh, the Omega Okada, I think the fourth one, that's the one that actually passed Omega Shii for me. Okay. Uh, that that would have been, yeah, the best match I ever saw. So uh, just checking in the comments, uh, yeah. Sam Shipman, who did the pre-pre-show on our YouTube channel earlier today, she says that she thought the the Russell Kingdom match was better, and that was my initial instinct. Okay, I'm sure Dave will have Dave and Brian are going to do their show later tonight, uh, and Dave will probably say the same thing that he liked the first one better. 
but dumb. <laughs> but when you, <laughs> you know, when when you compare matches that are that close in quality, mm-hmm. I think to me the thing that makes that first one better is just the finish. And some, you know, some of the people didn't like the Don Callis stuff. Mm-hmm. Now you have mm-hmm. to have the Don Callis stuff in that match as far as the storyline is concerned to get where you're going next. Because again, I'm assuming we are going to see a third match. Now there are some people who probably think that, yeah, you know, if you're a little bit more creative, you you didn't need the Callis. But Callis is part of the program. You cannot mm-hmm. have him not be in this. You can't send him to the back. He the crowd wants to yell at him. The crowd wants to curse at him. Like he is part of the deal. It's like saying Paul Heyman cannot be ringside with Roman Reigns during during this bloodline mm-hmm. saga. So I I would say it wasn't my favorite finish, and we'll get to that in in a little bit because I want to hear what other people think. Um, Aiden, Aiden says it's the greatest match in AEW short history. I think I would agree with that. Uh, Kevin Ely, same thing. Um, and you know, but at the same time, I think most people in, in, you know, our instant feedback is in the discord and that's talk about real time feedback, yes. right? You're seeing yeah. it the second someone sees something and their fingers are moving on their phone. So you get that instant reaction, that instant analysis. And I think that's what was a slight turnoff to some people was the Don Callis stuff. So if you're like looking at this in a vacuum, I would say first match better, second match, not quite. And here's what I want to ask you. Okay. The finish in which Osprey grabs the screwdriver, <laughs> pounds the screwdriver into Omega's forehead. And I think then he hit the, what was it? The Stormbreaker. He may have even hit the, the, the hidden blade after that as well. But to me, if you go home there, it's it, it, to, to me, I think it's just as good of a finish as where they got. And maybe even, and we're not talking about really believability mm-hmm. here that that's not the point. But I think if you go home there, I'm happier with Danielson Okada. Hmm. And when Danielson Okada ended, I was talking, you know, I have the, the, the 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 logic calculator right next to me, John LaRocca, who you know who we watched, and he loved uh, Omega and Osprey, but I'm sure you know he'll he'll say what he didn't like about it. But we both saw Okada tap out, and it was like, well, after you get hit with the screwdriver, and then you get hit with your own move, and you kick out at one, and it keeps going, keeps going. Like Okada's shoulder really needed to be separated in order for us to believe that he was going to tap out. Uh, you know, just just based on what we had just watched, so. To, it, when you look at it that way, I would say, yeah, maybe I didn't love the finish. But that's not the way that people watch wrestling or even think about wrestling matches. Because what's going to happen is no one, people are going to remember that those two matches are on the same card. People are going to remember that both matches were really good. But they're going to look at Omega and Osprey without even thinking of how it then led into Danielson and Okada. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. That's just my initial instinct. And I said that. In the mm-hmm. Discord, knowing full well <laughs> that people really did enjoy that finish, so that would be that would be my my comment. And to to Dave, I said, you know what, the top five greatest matches of all time probably all have Kenny Omega in them, <laughs> um, but I would still have Austin Bret Hart on my favorite matches in the top five. Uh, but I can also acknowledge that because of the evolution of wrestling, because of this sort of 
new ladder of what, how do you top things or what do you top? That match was from 1997. So, you know, yeah. we're talking, you know, 26 years later, Austin and Bret Hart were only, you know, topping what, what was before them. So that's where I would sit there. Um, but uh, really love the feedback coming up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if you have more feedback, add, add it in. Let's go from, we'll, we'll start at that match and, and just kind of go through. We don't have to go through every single move because everybody watched the show. We're, we're kind of giving our analysis yeah. on it. So I just want to go through a couple of things uh, before we move on. Um, what did you think of the blood? Because the, it looks like outside of maybe some uh, real real blood, uh, the Tony Storm had, had blood coming out of her nose. They really saved the blood for this match. I don't think they, there was any blood in the BCC Elite match, was there? Uh, I don't think so, no. No, so just, did yeah. you think did you think the blood added to and was necessary in this match? Necessary? No, added yes. Um I think if I'm remembering right, I think Will bled in the first match, but maybe not Kenny. Um but I I might be remembering that wrong. I mean, I watched it the day after the show and I haven't watched it since. So, you know, I I you know, I, I have a notoriously bad memory, uh, but but I thought it definitely added to the match. I thought the announcers did a really good job of putting it over and how it was affecting the wrestlers and how even like it was, you know, how they could smell the iron at ringside. Yeah. That, was think, a, that was a good line by Excalibur. Well, I think they got that from uh, Daniel Cormier on UFC the night oh, before. Oh, is that what it's from? I think so. I think so. Because they were on ABC last night and Daniel Cormier used that exact line. Um, as well as using championship opportunity, but that's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> what is he? What is he? Uh, he's tra- oh yeah, he's a trying WWE to, honk. Yeah, he's trying to get um, in WWE. Yeah, but but no, I, I definitely thought it added to the match, and it didn't bother me at all. Um, all right, so yeah, uh, long match. I think it was thirty nine minutes and, and wow. some change. Uh, not not that far away from the sixty minute time limit. As I was watching the show, I was like, okay. Paul and I got to record at some time. When is this thing going to be over? Uh, and you know that they, they deservedly. So they earned that time. And it was, it was, you I, know, I made, wonder if, uh, did they just get the time that filthy and Adam Cole were going to get? Yeah, that's possible. Right. Their match. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, so lots of, lots of V triggers. Uh, there was, uh, I think will, uh, even hit the, uh, the Kamagoye at some point, mm-hmm. there was, there's a little bit of a discussion of whether Kota Ibushi was going to show up here or whether he's showing up in AW in the future. I think it would add a nice little, uh, an, a nice little people thing to the were feud. expecting him to be one of the security guards actually. Oh, really? Was that, yeah. was that what it was? Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I like, how do you, how and where do you extend this, this feud? Uh, I mean, I think the natural is is Wembley. Um, can, uh, Will beat him in his home country. Now Kenny's going to want to beat him in his home country, and um, and and then you know, and then the question is, what do you do in that match? Um, but you know, let's get there first. Um, if not there, then um, then the Tokyo Dome next next year probably. Um, I know that's what Jeremy Feinstone is pretty headstrong about. Um, But uh, to me, I'm like, I think you have to do a make Osprey three at, at Wembley, you know? Yeah. I I would love to see it just because of the crowd, that, that big crazy crowd, uh, just the environment, just, Mm -hmm. 
you know, who gets cheered more, that kind of stuff will be very amazing in that building. You, you have a, t- a chance to do an all-time great moment, you know, like Brett, like Brett and Davey uh, in 93 or 91, whenever it was. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I don't think you, you know, and the, the tickets are sold. The pay-per-view is going to sell whatever the pay-per-view is going to sell. I think you just do that match. Uh, and then, so, okay, so as we get here to the finish and, and you know, if you haven't watched the match, uh, I imagine when it comes to the uh, second day buys or third day buys or whatever, just off of how people feel about this match, they should do some really good business there. So um, Don Callis was chased uh, uh, out, out of ringside by Kenny Omega. And there were, like Paul said, there were two security guards there. Uh, so... At some point, uh, probably around the 30-minute mark or maybe a little bit before that, Callis comes back ringside. Kenny's loading up on these V-triggers, and Osprey is just dead. He's just hanging on by the, uh, onto the ropes. And Callis uh, tries to cover Osprey so that he can take the bullet for Osprey. And Omega calls his bluff and goes and throws the fourth one. And, of course, Callis, the coward, he moves out of the way. Osprey takes another one. He's like halfway outside of, uh, of, the, of the ropes. At this point, Don uh, goes into his pants, and he struggled going into his pants. I'm like, brother, your pants are too tight or something. Pull this <laughs> thing out. Pulls out the screwdriver. Now, this is a callback to yeah. you know all of uh, what we were dealing with when it came to the Elite last year uh, when, when they came back and they were in the feud uh, with the Lucha Bros and, uh, and, pa- and Pac. And so grabs Osprey's got this screwdriver. Uh, Omega puts him in, in the V trigger position and he just blasts Omega with this screwdriver in his forehead, hits the hidden blade, then the Stormbreaker. Um, and Omega actually gets to the ropes. So yeah. uh, he, he gets the ropes. Cal's can't believe it. Osprey can't believe it. Omega's out of it. Osprey starts hitting him. Uh, I think this is where the Kamagoye comes. And then he hits the yeah. one winged angel. Yeah. And then he kicked out at Omega one. Omega kicks out of his own finisher at one. This dude hulked up. Like, I screamed. Like, I literally Hulk, screamed when he Hulk-a-mania did that. This was Hulkamania in yeah. his prime. We I was go- banging my feet on my footsteps. <laughs> like, I was like a little kid. Like, I, I, I could, you couldn't believe I had the Discord. I wasn't even on the Discord. I just wanted to pay attention to this match. You pulled the MSL during a Samoa oh, Joe and CM Punk God. where he just was like, I, I'm not going to call this match. Oh, I'm my go God. i the crowd. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I think I think the psychology there to of having him not be pinned by the screwdriver and, and the stormbreaker was 
to make people think, okay, if that wasn't the finish, then obviously Kenny's winning. So I think it was mm-hmm. a bit of like really deep psychology that they're doing because these these are smart hardcore fans. So you were not expecting Osprey to win after he kicked out, you know, after he didn't get pinned by that. But then to what you were saying earlier about the main event is I think this goes to and and this is a problem I had actually going into this pay-per-view. And I brought this up in the Discord ahead of time about Danielson and Okada being the best in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the best in the world. You know, they're fighting for this mythical title of best in the world. But to me, that's Omega and Osprey. And and then you had them hit each other with everything they had and all these amazing kickouts and everything. And then and then in the main event, it was just, oh, there's a submission and he and he tapped. So which one does the viewer think is actually the best in the world? Is it Danielson or is it Will? Yeah. And and I think you know, you anybody watching the show thinks Will Ospreay is the best in the world. <laughs> Not uh, Brian Danielson. And maybe that's where they're gonna go. You yeah. Know? So okay, so what I thought, I'll tell you what I thought when he, okay. when Kenny kicked out, my thought was, oh man, they're going to miss the peak and Will's going to win. And it's just that, you know, they just want that one last hope spot to pop the crowd. That's, that's immediately oh, what okay. I thought. I still thought Will was winning the match. Okay. So, but it's also because I'm kind of cynical about these finishes because <laughs> my, in my mind, I'm not going to get fooled, right? That's how I watch wrestling is like, okay, I kind of know I'm not going to let myself get fooled. Even in a match as good as this, that's just kind of how I, I watch wrestling. Uh, so that didn't work to make me think Kenny was winning. It just made me think they're trying to fool us. And thus, okay. you know, we're, we're still going to get to the same place. So let, I'll describe the rest of it. Um, so after Omega kicks out at one, Osprey then he hits the blade. And then he hits a Tiger Driver where he drops Omega right on top of his head. And this is where I was like, oh, no, this is what yeah. we get for missing, you know, missing the peak of this match. Uh, then it's another blade, then Stormbreaker for the win. So uh, wins. I, I think people will agree with you um, coming out of this thinking, like, if you haven't seen Will Ospreay, you know, what a great first moment of seeing a professional wrestler who just had probably the best match or the second best match of his life or whatever you want to say. Yeah. But Will does did come out of this match. Will and Kenny came out of this match as like, these guys are the tippy tippy top of what this business with uh, these two companies can provide. And I think that's a very logical outcome. Now, Daniel Bryan, who, who beats the legend uh, in 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 the the actual main event, uh, he didn't have as good of a match. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue around uh, Big <laughs> Dave's. Uh, I, I think I already know what what Big Dave's. I, th- gonna I give think it. he's going to rate it higher than I did, but but um, I'm not going to spoil it. Maybe he'll okay. maybe he'll give it away on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio later. But you know, I think it's a logical conclusion. You go come out of this match thinking. Wow, Will Ospreay is the best guy. And the other thing that you come out of this match thinking is, shouldn't Brian Danielson be facing Will Ospreay next? Like, that's kind of a natural pro wrestling conclusion. But because this show is really an all-star game, that's probably not even anywhere uh, on their radar, right? I mean, I got to... Well, I wouldn't say it's not on their radar. I think it's going to happen at some point. Um, not off of this show though probably not. probably not i think most people are expecting a rematch um 
Or, you know, I guess I, w- I would say maybe Danielson and MGF, but I mean, we already saw that earlier this year and um, don't know that we need to see it again. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't really think about Danielson Osprey until we've just been talking about it now. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I brought it up a couple minutes ago and then you just said it again. And maybe that is what they're going to do next. You know, Danielson Osprey at Wembley is, is a fine match, especially if they're saving Osprey Omega 3 for the Dome. Yeah, I mean, you could, and I'm sure Danielson would put Will over in in Wembley, you know, um, and uh, and that could be the great moment for those fans, um, yeah, you know, and and that would be that would be the real main event over there, and then you know you could have Omega, maybe Omega and the Bucks against Aussie Open, you know, um, or or something, you know, I guess, um, you know, Jeff Cobb or something, yeah, I don't know, who knows? I mean, there's a million matches you can do, uh, but yeah, I. I you know, I kind of like the more we talk about this, the more I kind of really want to see Osprey and Danielson now. Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, if Danielson could beat Osprey, then maybe I do think he's the best in the world. <laughs> you know, like I don't even, I said in the thing, like I don't even put him in my top five in AEW right now. You have an interesting ranking there, though, by the way. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. some of the names that you were putting in there. I, I, not that, not I that you shouldn't. Names. I didn't give my names. Well, I, I've seen you say so-and-so oh. is top 10, so-and-so well, oh, is yeah, top yeah. 10, okay, so-and-so is top 10. My top 10 favorites and my top 10 best are completely different. But, I mean, if you're talking AEW, like, I would put Omega, Moxley, um, MJF, uh, both Bucks. Like, you know, there, there's five right there. Um, you know, you know Moxley would not put himself above. I know. But you know, Moxley's a modest dude. <laughs> I, I think Moxley's great. Like I just he can do so much. And, yeah. But that, you know, that's a whole other discussion. But I mean, that's not to say Danielson sucks, you know, by any means. And you know, and and talk to me in a week, I might have a different answer for you. Yeah. So all right, we're gonna skip around here because I kind of want to go by uh, importance yeah. here, and let's talk about the main event. And it's funny that the main event wasn't the most important match on this show. Uh, shows you how good the show was. Uh, so Absolutely. Brian Danielson against Kazuchika Okada. Like you said early on, Danielson came out to Final Countdown, and we were having a discussion in one of the channels in the Discord about whether that's important. Is that something Danielson wants? Is that something Tony Khan wants? I think we've heard Danielson in the past say that you know he's kind of over that song or, or something like that. And you even mentioned, you're like, yeah, like, even the hardcores remember that song most, but most Daniel uh, Daniel Bryan fans remember the other song from from WWE. And then, uh, and there was some. Uh, uh, our buddy Brad had some interesting trivia yep. about that song actually being Claudio Castagnoli's wife's song that he then took Co-opted, that from, yeah. or something like that. So that was I, I didn't know that. That no, was some hardcore uh, hardcore hardcore trivia. So. This match uh, obviously had to follow, but it didn't immediately follow. There was another match before that, so the fans kind of, you know, were able to get their energy back. Though mm-hmm. it was late on the East Coast, I don't think this match was over until uh, about midnight or maybe right before like three minutes. Yeah, yeah, eleven fifty-seven. Early cattle mutilation from Danielson. Uh, Okada did his dive over the barricade. And then uh, came back into the ring, put on the money clip. Uh, lots of uh, their signature moves. Danielson's little running drop kicks into the corner. And then as he's trying to hit the third one, Okada hits the fame drop kick, which which we know is kind of like the transition of the match of going from like, you know, 
fourth gear to fifth gear. Uh, Okada goes to the top rope to the elbow, and Danielson catches his arm, puts him in the label lock. Uh, we saw a tombstone on the stage, and <laughs> this was funny, kind of a funny moment. Uh, so I was asking, of course, the 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 logical calculator, John LaRocca. I was like, wait, what's the count at? Because these dudes have been out there for a long time. <laughs> he's like, well, you know, Bryce came out and, you know, he had to stop the count because he's like checking on Danielson. And then he does the the double count on both of the guys. And uh, I think Kevin Kelly said that his excuse for Bryce Remsburg was that he was having to triage the situation. So we kind of had a running joke inside the house of uh, what what the the doctor and what Bryce Remsburg could possibly be triaging uh, instead of just refereeing. So uh, they're both back in the ring. Okada hits the uh, the elbow, and then Bryce calls for the doctor. Now, before this match started, I told the entire room. I said he's going to try and fool us about some sort of head injury. And I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to buy it because I'm so, I'm so worried about him as I watch him wrestle. Like every time I watch Brian Danielson wrestle in the back of my mind, the concussion stuff is always there. Like I cannot forget about that when I'm watching him wrestle the MJF match, which we were both at live. I could not mm-hmm. stop thinking about that. So I, I say that out loud to uh, all the people there. And then of course, he starts convulsing in the middle of the ring. And I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to see this. Nobody wants to see this. But they used it for heat. And and again, when you just watch a match where there's screwdrivers and kickouts at the one of the most protected finishers of all time at one, I can sort of see why you may need to dial it up. A lot of people found that particular sell job by Danielson distasteful. And some, I even read some folks whose opinions I respect says, yeah, they kind of lost me for a second after that. Where, where did you fall with uh, the convulsion? I didn't like it. Um, and and I think it was another spot earlier in the show where someone was like doing a convulsion thing as well. Because I, I distinctly remember them saying convulsion in, in another match. Oh, um, it was... Uh... Uh, I'll figure, Kevin yeah. Kelly, I think, said somebody kicked out, but it wasn't them kicking out. It was actually yeah. them convulsing. I think it was in the Suzuki match, right? Maybe? It's like yeah. Sting or Darby or something? Maybe? I want to say it may have been Punk and Kojima, though. I don't oh, okay. really remember. I don't okay. remember that yeah. that much. But, but I remember but the way. line. I don't remember yeah. that much. So, someone That's in the exa- chat. You're exactly the same as me. Someone but, in the yeah. chat is going to tell us what it was. I felt, I felt the same way. Um, and... Um, so yeah it, it didn't like it took the match down a little bit for me i would say that you know um and i think it took the crowd out of it a bit and the crowd never really got fully into this match and i think you know a lot of that had to do with you know that that amazing match they saw you know like you know just a half hour earlier um but you know they i mean that's not to say it wasn't a, a great match because it was it just wasn't you know like it didn't have the atmosphere and i think maybe in a different you know, in a different situation, maybe if that match was first and, and the, and the Kenny and Will was the main event, it might've had a different reaction and it might've been a better match. Who knows? Um, I, I, we saw since, I don't know if you saw this thing in the chat here that uh, Matt posted, but 
Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll add that after we finish. Talking yeah, but, but very so, interesting what he said. Yeah, but so I mean, I'm, I, I was, I didn't like it, um, and and a lot of the people in our Discord didn't. I know our 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 uh, friend Mel, you know, from Power Bombshells, who has a seizure disorder. Yes, she said it didn't bother her. So you know, to me that that means more than anybody else's opinion. Um, I have a daughter with a seizure disorder. Um, it didn't bother me. Like, it wasn't like I was offended. I was just, I don't, it's too real. Like, yeah. cause I was worried that he really was. It reminded me of the, uh, Shawn Michaels, triple H match at SummerSlam. Yeah. A couple first of people came brought back. that up. Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, in that case, it was more like, that was more realistic in terms, like that was more like a wrestling thing. Whereas this was a little too close to real life. I thought the way Danielson did it in the Garcia match, where you remember when he, yes. when he passed out there, I thought that yes. was that was perfect. Like that was, you know, the you could tell it was wrestling, you could tell it wasn't real, but it was believable enough. Whereas this was just it was almost almost I wouldn't say hokey, but almost like <laughs> it was too much. That's all. Okay, so Doc lets it go, of course. This dude is convulsing, the doc's like, ah. Looks good to me. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, Danielson gets up, hits flying knee. It's another flying knee at some point. Hits the stomps on Okada. Okada at some point, it's another drop kick. Rainmaker. Danielson kicks out at two. Okada goes for another Rainmaker. Danielson traps the arm in the label lock. But the story that Kevin Kelly is telling is that his right arm is hurt, so he can't quite lock it in. And they struggle, struggle, struggle. And then finally, Okada taps out so maybe that was also part of the not the frustration but just the surprise in the yeah. in the tap out was that kevin kelly it was either kevin kelly or excalibur had told us about the right arm so we were just thinking like okay this is just sort of a transition into the finisher now while i wasn't surprised that omega won i mean omega lost i was surprised that danielson won here but yes. if you think about it from the 50 50 booking AEW uh, loses that first main event and then they come back and win that second main event. I don't know if that's how they thought about it, but I was legitimately surprised that Brian Danielson won this match. Were you also surprised? Yeah. Yeah. Because I just assumed that Danielson would be like fighting tooth and nail to put Okada over. Yeah. Um, you know, just based on his, he never wins. I wasn't like keeping track of, you know, how many matches did AEW win? How many matches did, did new Japan win? Like, I honestly didn't care about that. Like I was just so into the matches that never even occurred to me, but I definitely, like I was expecting different results on both of these. I was expecting Omega to beat Osprey and I was expecting Okada to beat Danielson. So yeah. I suppose by that logic, I should have, as soon as one went just the other way, I should yeah. Have, yeah, I should have assumed the other. But watching the match, I just kept thinking, oh yeah, eventually Okada's going to come back and Danielson's like the cocky heel and you want to send the fans home happy and everything. And yeah, it just didn't happen. Although they seemed, I mean, the fans seemed happy when it was over. Like they got to hear Final Countdown again and Danielson's such a nice guy. I mean, he's playing heel and everybody gets into it, but nobody really hates him. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So the great Matthew Burrell uh, in our chat says yes. that uh, he was wearing a brace and that he Danielson and that he thinks that his forearm is fractured. And I guess he was supposed to have a match on Wednesday that is now canceled. And he says he is now out for two months. Uh, and Aiden said that Meltzer confirmed that he fractured it 10 minutes into the match. So he wow. 
I guess that match that match was almost 30 minutes, right? It was like 28. 28. Like that. That's the other thing I was going to say. Like, if you had asked me immediately after the match, how long was that match? I would have thought 15 minutes, you know, like, and it was 20, 28 minutes. Like, I mean, that's a cotta, right? Like, you know, yeah. he just, he, he could do a, an hour draw and you'd think, oh yeah, that was 25 minutes. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. 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 No, and the match, the match went by and you're, you're just interested in, yeah. in, in two months. So that's, that puts him out of all in. That does. Uh, yeah. Let's see. July. Uh, no. Uh, all in is. Uh, I guess right around that time. Yeah. Be yeah. All in. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and maybe they just save them for all out. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Yeah. I mean, I think if between if you had a choice between the two, you'd want. I think you'd want them on all in, but who knows? Depends what they're going to do with them. And all out this year is going to be at the United Center. Previously, he, definitely out of blood and guts. If that, yeah, if that's yeah. supposedly the Boston show, yeah. Then yeah. he he will and maybe, yeah maybe maybe they got to Tony's got to change some gears and and change some of the uh, the plans and and maybe bring in a surprise at that point. Yeah. Um, so all 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 out is at United Center, like we just said. What do you like? You've been to previous? Have you been to previous all ins? No, no. Okay, I I, I had tickets to the uh one in 2020 i think was that the first one no it's 2021 and i ended up having to sell them because it couldn't get across the border that's right and that yeah. was the that was the great all-in yeah. show yeah uh so brady that, child's about my ticket i'm sorry the great all-out show so the um you know going into that bigger building it's not going to be an automatic sellout it probably i'm guessing they will sell out because with punk yeah. back i think they and a big pay-per-view they will probably sell out that show, especially if I don't know. I, I sort of feel like he's next for MJF. I know a lot of people want to see Cole, and I'm like, ah, I think Cole's kind of got to move aside yeah. for MJ for Punk. It just seems like that's the booking. Maybe, as, maybe they could do a TV match. Yeah, as as much as you know, I know people are a little frustrated with, with the man, uh, and I, and I get that, but it just seems well. Cole's like, injured too. I mean, I don't know. Well, not injured, but ill. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he missed this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, r- really, I, th- I think that's a strong move. I guess uh, the now arena will have dynamite, and then collision, and yeah, uh, all out will be at which United. is interesting. I, I would have moved... probably done collision at uh, at now arena as well, just to make sure yeah. that I could sell those tickets. It's interesting that they moved um, that they moved all out from the original from their home. Because they're usually at the Now Center, and, and yeah. they're going to do the United Center, so they they might, that has to be Punk MJF that they have in mind if, yeah, they, if I, they think they're going to sell out the United. And and I mean that seems to be what they're heading towards, and that's why Punk got a big win tonight. That's why MJF got a win. That's why you know he's got his little red bag with the belt. And, uh, yeah, I, I I think that's that's a big match. I think that's the biggest match they have right now. I, I think. I think I think so too. I mean, as yeah. long as you know, we're talking AEW, AEW. Yes, you know, yes, 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 yeah. Omega and and, and Ospreys probably, but that's going to be at a different time. Or either one of them against MJF, honestly, you know. So maybe Omega MJF is actually a bigger match, maybe. But I think they're a long way from doing that. I think I I don't even know if they're going to get there. I, I wonder if Omega is. The guy who eventually beats Punk. I and mean, we're fantasy booking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much in the forward. Uh, okay, anything in the pre-show that caught your eye? Because I thought it, well, the way that <laughs> when when people came over, I got to see the entire pre-show, and they said, "How was the pre-show?" And I said, eh. "It was like 
rampage it was like a good rampage that's a very good that's a very good way to put it yeah yeah um i mean it kind of built i you know the matches kind of kept getting better as they went on um the the best one was the you know quote unquote main event um lij or yeah lij against uh, united empire um a couple points i thought were interesting el desperado there's like 15 members of chaos and <laughs> el desperado's in in uh in suzuki's group i don't even know what they're i can't even remember what their strong style i think is the yeah, name. he was begrudgingly yeah he was just like randomly put in this match um Stu grayson i had no idea he was a heel uh the last time i saw him was he was wrestling in winnipeg and he he was in a match with like the bucks and uh and i think kenny and he was like the most over baby face in the match and now he's a heel and getting no reaction in canada i'm just like wow <laughs> okay and uh and then yeah i thought billy starks had a you know a pretty fun match with athena you know she did her job and she, she did good it wasn't i actually thought the jade match that she had on tv was a little bit better but mm-hmm. um i i really like athena and i missed her i hadn't seen her since uh i think the roh pay-per-view was the last time I saw her wrestle, so I was glad to see her. I don't watch ROH, the the streaming service. I'm not, but not you're the, ten bucks a month his, for dark. You're the historian. I am, and and I I still watch classic ROH, <laughs> literally like every week. But uh, and I watch the pay per views. I just like I said, I don't want to pay ten bucks a month for to watch Dark and Elevation. Uh, all right, uh, so let's talk about the main show, the yeah. um the opener now. You felt a certain way about <laughs> oh, Swerve go. and Tanahashi, and I I love your I loved your perspective about <laughs> Tanahashi. But then, and so I, I read your perspective about Tanahashi before I even watched the match. Okay, and I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I almost always really enjoy Tanahashi matches, so I probably feel similar to Paul. And then when I watched it, I thought, oh man, he's moving like I like I move, like maybe even worse than I move. And I was like, this is not good. And after I watched the match and he won, and I thought, okay, he's saving himself for this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That was not really correct. I think he was a little bit better in the pay-per-view, the, the match with MJF mm-hmm. than he was w- with Swerve. But at the same time, when he is moving so slowly and so unathletically as a, as someone who doesn't really know who Tanahashi is actually the, the probably not very many people watching didn't know Tanahashi, but if you're looking at this as like sort of athletic entertainment, sports entertainment, there's an athleticism involved in this. You're watching it going like, there's no way the young jacked AEW champion is losing to this old man. And that was the problem with that match is if you just kind of pulled back a little bit, you go, okay, this guy is great. Tanahashi was great. He's in Tanahashi's not winning. So I don't think any of the, the real, the near falls really worked all that well. I commend Tanahashi for, for going out there for doing, doing his job. MJF won with the ring. So they protected Tanahashi a little bit. Tanahashi is still the legend. And I just look at this as like, this is really great for MJF's resume. He got to beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is twice his age at this point and is an all-time legend. And, you know, this is the swan song part of, of Tanahashi's career. But in saying that, knowing how much you liked that first match with Swerve, what did you think of this match? Okay. First off, 
I am not going to pretend that that Tanahashi is even close to what he used to be athletically. He's clearly lost, you know, a step. Even just a couple, steps. even just like three years ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how old he is. Forty-five, forty-six. I think I think Dave said forty-six or forty-seven. Okay, so there you go. And and he's working like he's working a tough schedule. Yeah, like I've seen him wrestle twenty-four times this year, and I haven't seen all of his matches. So. This, excuse me, my neck is just bugging me here. I'm like Tanahashi. Yeah, me and um, you are just like Tanahashi. My yeah, knees, exactly. your neck. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I will say, like, he because maybe well, uh, yeah, because of the fact that he doesn't have what he used to have athletically, he makes up for it in psychology. Mm-hmm. So and and I thought on so I really liked the match on Collision. I think it was Collision, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, because of Kevin Kelly's job of putting over the fact that, okay, Tanahashi is not what he used to be, doesn't have a lot left, but what he lacks in athletic ability, he makes up for in guile and fighting spirit. And so he's going to give everything he has to try to get a win. And Swerve did a great job as well. Yeah. Because Swerve, like the one spot where he fell off the, the, um, the, the turnbuckles, um, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is everyone's like, oh my God, you know, Tanahashi shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't be out there. He's, he's falling off turnbuckles and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they should have said this on collision, but they really said it tonight. Like these are different turnbuckles. Like he's not used to standing on top mm-hmm. of like that small turnbuckle. He's used yeah. to that big, wide new Japan turnbuckle. So that was probably actually part of the problem. Right. And then when he did the dive, he kind of fell off, you know, as opposed to like jumping. Whereas like on tonight's match, he actually did a pretty good dive. Um, you know, MJF got his knees up and everything and he took, he took a good bump. I, I did definitely thought Tanahashi was, was good tonight. I mean, I know what I'm like after a flight to Vegas. I can't imagine what <laughs> Tanahashi's like after a flight from Japan, you know, and I don't know when he got in, but I assume it was after Wednesday. So, you know, at best he's working off, you know, probably 24 hours of jet lag and, and, you know, in that, that just sitting in that cramped seat on, on a plane. Like, so I thought, you know, this was, this was the best you're going to get almost out of Tanahashi. I saw him have a better match with Will Ospreay at resurgence uh, a couple months ago, um, or maybe like six weeks ago. Um, but this was, you know, this was pretty not far off of that match and, and MJF did a great job. You know, the, in, uh, the in, poor in, guy, Tanahashi is going to be so beat up after. This oh, game. my God. He's got to do the G1. Like, I just I hope that somehow maybe like he just, you know, he, he tweaked his knee or something. And Here, here's another part of the psychology that I didn't even really think about. But Andy, who's uh, checking us out live, said he thinks that the match didn't get a reaction because the storyline going into it is that MJF didn't care about the match. He thinks. New Japan is a, is an indie, <laughs> a rinky dink indie, fan. and so you know if, if you're not selling your opponent, if you're not, this is kind of anti promotion mm-hmm. from what we understand pro wrestling to be. MJF is this giant star; he's kind of just poo pooing this opponent. So that could have, that could also be. I, I like that. I like that. Well, and and the thing is, and the thing is, so you know, you do that story. You know, he's calling him old, and he's adjust your hearing aid and all this stuff, and then he goes out there and he has a match where he looks old. And so you're like, but he still won. So like, as a fan, you're like, okay, you know, he doesn't have much, but maybe, you know, just maybe, you know, he could be, you, you compared it to Mike Tyson and Larry Holmes. 
Yeah. Um, like like the what, what the if, young the 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 new champion versus the you know the guy from five years prior. I, I got another one for you. What about Rocky Balboa and Tommy Gunn? <laughs> well, they never fought. So well, well except in yeah. the street, they fought in the street. They fought in the street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I, I was thinking, I always keep thinking he fought Antonio Tarver or whatever that guy's name was in in Rocky Balboa, but he never actually fought in that one either. No, he did. Um, he fought, did. He? He did. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They so fought there. in an exhibition. Well, there's a better one then. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, against Mason the Line Dixon. Yeah, yeah, that was played by Antonio Tarver. Played right? by Antonio. Tarver. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I know you're a big Rocky guy, and I even compared it to Ricky Steamboat and uh, Chris Jericho. Jericho at WrestleMania. That's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Because and, I mean, and you know, you know what's interesting about that comparison? Ricky the Dragon at how old was he at that point? It's like he 56. had to have been like fifty something, right? Yeah. I feel like he moved a little bit better than Tanahashi moved tonight. Well, sure, but he hadn't wrestled in 19 years. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. I, you know, Kevin Ely brought up a, made a great comparison. Um, he compared him to Chris Jericho, you know, even like a few years ago when he went to Japan and wrestling Kenny Omega and Tetsuya Naito and all that. And, you know, and he was actually older than Tanahashi is now. But but again, he didn't wrestle the schedule that Tanahashi wrestled. Yeah. So, but but I thought that was a really good comparison. And if you really watch Jericho's matches, he doesn't do the kind of things that Tanahashi tries to do. He's such a smart worker. Like, you know, and he'll he'll beat himself up and he'll get bloody and everything, but he's not doing like moonsaults and dives and you know, like all the stuff Tanahashi's trying to do. Yes. So, I mean, when he does the line salt, I still hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh no. Uh, were you with MJF's title run? I know a lot of people believe that if he was as hot as, he, you know, AEW wants us to believe he is, they would have been able to sustain the loss of, of Punk and some of the things that happened a little bit better than they did. I have uh, done not a 180 because I didn't think the title reign was necessarily a failure. But I sort of thought, like, you know, if he was as hot as they want us to think he is, they would have turned this thing around. But at the same time, I was like, man, you know, there's been so much negativity around the punk thing and, and the elite thing. And this guy's just out there performing his ass off. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, this is not going to be his only run, obviously. He's going to have multiple runs down the line, whether it's here or WWE. Yeah. I would say this is a very positive run for him. He is a much better wrestler than most people give him credit for. As a character, some of the stuff can be hit or miss. He's a great talker, uh, but uh, I, I, I just, I just have so much higher of a, an opinion of him than I did, uh, you know, even even a year ago. I'm, I've always been a big MJF guy, and I've always said that he was much better in the ring than people give him credit for. I famously remember a show that you did with Oliver Cop. Previewing oh, wow. a yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. And he said, Oh, you know, I, I wonder about MJF's in-ring ability. And I gave him hell for that. <laughs> and I'm like, you wait. And then apparently, like MJF, I don't know if he heard the interview, heard it, because I think you did it on Wrestling Observer. Like I did do it. I did do it on the on the YouTube. I channel, think he yeah. heard it and he literally like I, I made the joke that he wanted to prove a point. And then Oliver sent me a message and he's like, You were right. <laughs> like you know, like he had heard that, and he went out there. I think he, he was a Jungle Boy or something. Like, yeah, and, no, and they I had a remember. great match on a, on a pay per view. And uh, 
yeah, and it was uh, yeah. So I'm I'm a big big MJF guy, and and I think this title reign has been really good. I think you know in the ring, obviously business wise, you know I think he's going to end up being one of the most successful champions they've had when all said and done. You know, especially if they do get to the Punk match, I think that's going to be real big. I think tonight was big, but you know he's not going to get the credit, obviously, and he doesn't probably deserve it. Um, but you know it's a pay per view with him as champion, and you know at some point it's going to go on his record. Um, you know, I think Danielson, Okada, and Omega Osprey get the credit for this one, but um, and I think this show's probably did really, really well. Um, we'll find out in a few weeks, I'm sure. But. I have been on the record as saying that the CM Punk versus Kojima match should have been promoted a lot better than it was. Mm-hmm. It was just an afterthought, and I get it; it's not the top match on this show, but to me, he's the biggest star in the company, or at least the one that you're pushing the biggest right now. This should have been a little bit more, but you know, it's Kojima and we kind of knew what we were going to get with this match. I thought this match over delivered. It got to a gear oh, yeah. that I didn't think that they were going to get to. And Kojima was fantastic at this match. You remember Punk? the match he had with Moxley? Uh, yeah. 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 Like... I mean, that was, that was, a, was that a TV match? No, I think it was on pay-per-view or okay. uh, if it wasn't pay-per-view, it was like this, the go home for a pay-per-view. But... Okay. Yeah. So so Punk the the detractors the Punk detractors the one thing that they could say is he's kind of rusty in the ring. He hasn't wrestled in a while. He's coming off of an injury. He's a little bit older. I get that part. My stance with him is, you know, I personally who know like I, I understand why people don't like him. Yeah. I, I completely get it. I I understand that completely. And trying to watch him with an unbiased viewpoint, he's got the tricks. He understands how to get the crowd to react to him. He's doing Hogan stuff in the ring. Uh, And yet, the guy who is probably, I don't know, what is Kojima, 10 years older than him or something like that? Whatever it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That was the true legend who knew all the tricks in the ring tonight and i thought i thought punk was good i thought i thought kojima was awesome in this match except with one exception of the elbow drop to the balls that that looks a little rough for cm punk (laughs) he's 52 i thought i thought he actually thought he was older um he's the same age as me um a lot better athlete than i am um yeah i i uh i love this match uh i thought it was maybe like the third best match in the show, third or fourth. Um, and uh, I was very surprised that CM Punk did like, I don't know how long the match was 18 minutes. And yeah. he did everything. He took those chops, which I was like waiting for. And then more <laughs> like, like even better. And he leaned into the booze, which I really liked. Um, you know, he didn't except try to fight in the, it. Except after the match was over. Then he yeah. tur- he turned babyface after the match. Yeah, kind of. But but I think he's he knows he's about to get booed for the next couple weeks. Oh yeah, because <laughs> uh, they're and and I mean probably beyond that. Like I I, I mean I, how many shows can they just make in Chicago just so he can cheer? Well, there's <laughs> I, you know what like I'm sure Tony's you know gonna book as many as he can. Um, but but it's an it's an interesting. I know people. I know Dave compares it to Cena. Um, I don't. I don't really see that because the difference there was Cena, Cena never was trying heel. like Cena's, right. Cena's the ultimate baby face in real life. And and I think punk actually wants to be a heel. So it's probably more like Bret Hart and Stone Cold, 
you know, from that stuff yeah. you could, yeah. you just covered not that yeah. long ago. Um, so in that sense, and I think, you know, especially punk, Bret Hart's his hero. Like he's probably, you know, watching that stuff and okay, here's what I do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I just, I was so pleasantly surprised by this match and, and honestly, like, kind of hoping we get a little bit of mjf and him you know I, kevin had a great idea you know having them maybe like pass each other on the on the ramp as they were you know one was leaving wwe used was to do in. that stuff on the brand yeah. shows very well i, I was yeah. kind of interested to see if we would get any of that but not none of it yeah not not yet i'm yeah, not even sure if, do that i'm not even sure if the elite and punk were in the building at the same time they left enough matches between their shows that they could have probably avoided i think it. somebody said that sean Said yeah. that they were just kept apart on like different sides of the building. It's just ridiculous. Bunch it's of bunch crazy of children. It's well, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the the wounds are still fresh. They gotta I know, I know. They gotta figure out how to how to how to mend that a little bit. Kojima um, is is uh but I vote for him for the Hall of Fame every year. I'm not sure if he made it yet. If he's still on the ballot, I'll vote for him again next year. Uh him and Tenzon. Um you know, I'm I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of his and and Tens. Well, not so much Tens on now, but back in the day. So, uh, all right, let's. Oh, uh, yo, I want to say, uh, did you catch Kojima's line building this up on the thing? He said he wanted made, to kill him. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to kill you, you idiot. That's all the promotion I needed. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. so CM Punk did win this match. He hit a yeah a GTS. Maybe to maybe to the stomach. I don't know if he actually hit his head, but he did finally uh, win the match. Uh, we'll go th- we'll go through some of these other matches pretty quickly. We've already been talking for a little while. Uh, Cassidy, Shibata, Daniel Garcia, Zack Saber Jr. I think you like this a lot more than I did. I-, I will I will say, and I'm going to caveat this by saying I don't often like the multi man matches as much because the spots to me are so convoluted and so choreographed. Because they're they're just like every four person match you've ever seen, and the way that you get to certain things. So that being said, God Cassidy's over, man. He is over like Rover. And whether you enjoy the shtick, and I he's pulled the shtick back a lot. He he used mm-hmm. to do way more of the shtick early in the AEW days. He doesn't do as much now. He's a fighting baby face. I've said this time and time again. He's the best booked baby face in the entire company. And uh, he wins. Uh, Shibata, uh, I think he hit Garcia with the PK. And then Orange pushed him out. And then uh, Orange got the got the, got the a crucifix on Garcia. Uh, but Zach, seeing Zack Sabre Jr. and Shibata in a match together, always going to be great. Uh, and, you know, kudos to Orange. Like, he's a, he's, he is a made star for them and i told this story in the discord but i'll tell it here now uh my stepdaughter's eight i was watching rampage and she heard the name orange cassidy and she goes oh i know him and i was like how like (laughs) the only wrestler she knows is dwayne the rock johnson that's the only one that she knows she goes i know him and i was like um I, I don't understand. She's like, oh yeah. And and you know who else? Chuck Taylor. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is like my mortal, that's like my enemy. And I'm 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 joking. I I I'm not the biggest Chuck Taylor fan. People sexy Chucky T. People people give me some crap for that. Uh but I and, and she said, Well, there's this show on Netflix called 
the floor is the lava or the lava is the floor or something like that. And she said, and Orange Cassidy's on it and Chuck Taylor was off on it. And he, she said, and there was a there was a girl on it too. And it's Statlander. Chris Statlander oh, okay. is also on it. So that just goes to show you like how wide the Netflix reaches to reach the eight-year-old uh, demographic there who has no idea of what pro wrestling even is. And so I, I, was, I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. It's like, you know what? I, John and I on the Fight Game podcast have been critics of, of Cassidy. A lot of it is for the shtick, but I think if people who've listened to that show hear my criticism being less and less and less, I enjoy the guy. I think he's really good. Uh, there are some things that eh, sometimes, you know, he can, he can do some things that I kind of roll my eyes at, but they, they got a star and, and it's fantastic to see that homegrown star come out of this show. And he's in a match with freaking Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. And he's getting the Duke. And at that point, I don't even go, you know, this is so fo-. like, I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's the guy. Great. All right. But I know I know you like this match better than me, but go well, ahead. Well, okay. So I want to we're gonna find out if we have any fans of the dynamite show uh in the chat here right now, because I got seven words for you. Okay. And I'll start it. Orange Cassidy should let's see if they can finish <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah. sentence. I, I know where we're going here. <laughs> yeah, I know where yeah. we're going here. He should never lose this belt. Ever, ever, ever. It, it, it's so perfect. I mean, obviously he's getting at some point. Now, now here's a real yeah. question. Yeah, because I've heard people say this. Could you ever see him winning the AW World Title? Um, no, um, and and that's nothing against Orange Cassidy, um, but you had um, okay, he's like thirty-seven. Yeah, he's a little, um, older. you know, and and you, you a little while ago, you were asking people to like map out, you know, the future champions. Yeah, and, the you three, know, and, who's the next three titles? Yeah, and know. I mean, and and you know, and and then you get some names, and and then you've got some guys that you know, like MJF and Hangman that have won it before, that are probably going to win it again. You got guys that you didn't even mention, like Adam Cole, Ricky Starks. Um, you know, like there's guys that swerve, um, even like. Some people would say Keith Lee. I don't think he's going to ever get there, but, um, you know, and then there's guys that they might bring in, you know, from WWE, from New Japan, you know, like Jay White, um, you know, so I just think there's a lot of guys ahead of him. That said, the AW title is a pretty prestigious title. And if he can, he's already taken the international title to be the second most valuable title in the company. When it's, when he won the title, it was a joke. I used to call it Pox Wacky Title. Um, you know, it was this the Mid-Atlantic Continental, you know, whatever the hell they called it. And he's made this a, a prestigious title. And he's defending it every week and he's having great matches and just freaking keep doing it. You know what? Look at uh WWE, um, you know, and Gunther with the yeah. Intercontinental title. You know, yeah. like that's a prestigious belt. I put that ahead of Seth's belt. I wouldn't yeah. put it ahead of Roman's. You know, in this case, that was another I'm, exercise we did on the fight game podcast yeah. about what are the more valuable, the most valuable titles. I'm sure there are people in the in the fans, you know, people maybe even in this chat that would actually have Orange Cassidy ahead of MJF at this point, you know, just because of the fact that he's defended this title so many times. He's a fighting champion. Jeremy probably thinks that, um, <laughs> you know, and and I'm not Jeremy's slamming, sleeping, dude. He's not watching. This. I'm not slamming Jeremy. You know, like Jeremy does a great show and he's got great wrestling opinions. 
Um, but you know, just you know, I, I just think he's he's got he's in the perfect position. And and I think he can keep this position. You know, if he when he eventually loses this belt, maybe he wins a six man titles or maybe he wins a TNT belt or something. But I think he's now the interesting one is I've seen people even calling for him for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't see that ever. But. Well, Dave still wants to do that show. I know, so, I, know. Uh, we'll, I know. We'll do that show. Soon. I don't know if I'll then... bring that up on on the Observer <laughs> show, but we'll see. If I mean, if you want to see Dave get angry, well, I'll bring it angry. up. I'll bring it up. Just uh, to... okay. So uh, the the next match is uh, probably the biggest disappointment, though. Uh, I was a little hard on the build of this match, which Jungle Boy and Sonata. I I didn't like I didn't like the the matchup itself. I didn't like the idea of, you know, Jungle Boy losing at double or nothing and then propping himself back up uh, as the, you know, the person who's challenging Sonata, who said, hey, you know, open door challenge. So um, this match started, kind of got going, finished. People said, what? <laughs> what yeah. just happened? Literally, that was... And it was all about the angle afterwards. So Jungle Boy loses. Uh, Sonata does the swinging skull end, a poison rana, a shining wizard, and then a moonsault. And I think people still kind of expected Jungle Boy to kick out. And he didn't. And the crowd was stunned. Sonata wins the match. And it's not about him because... Hook, who was ringside with Jungle Boy, is trying to make Jungle Boy feel a little better about himself. You know, did not have this fantastic match, didn't have a great showing against the IWGP champion. Raises Jungle Boy's hand in front of the crowd, the two baby faces together, Jungle Hook. And then Jungle Boy turns on him with a clothesline. Taz is doing commentary, gets very angry. And uh, the whole bit is about. You know, Jungle Boy being uh, turning heel. Yeah. And so I was disappointed in the match. Who knows about the Jungle Boy heel turn? I think we've been expecting it now for months and months and months, and they finally did it. What did they do it well? I'm still not sure. I did. I, I, he looked so unimpressive in that match as a contender that I was like, oh, the mid Carter turned heel. The mid Carter who was trying to prop himself up to be a champion turned heel. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying, I love this kid. <laughs> like, I almost feel like a kinship towards him because of who his pops was and how big of a fan I was of his pops. So I'm always rooting for this guy. I, I did. I, I wasn't that into this heel turn. So, what did you think about this? I think he's going to be a good heel. Um, but I don't understand the motivation of the character of why he would turn on hook. Like it, it, there's like, they didn't do anything to, to lead you in that direction. Um, you know, other than the fact that when jungle boy said, Oh, you're my best friend, you know, in that interview, it's like, Oh, okay. That's keyword for, (laughs) I'm about to turn on you. I think I said on the dynamite show, um, there, they should have just put subtitles on the screen. Like yeah. I'm about to churn on you, uh, you know, Hook or whatever his real name is, um, and uh, but you know, so this happens, and then like you could add something, like you could have had him asking, you know, like Hook to like hit him with the belt or something, and then he doesn't do it, like you know, just something, you know. But there was nothing. There's no reason for him to turn. He just did it, and then I think, 
I think the motivation might be, and here I'm just making things up, but it might be the fact that he's just jealous that he has a belt, you know, based on the story, you know, and he's going to, you know, and that's going to be his thing. Like he vowed to win a belt. So he's going to get this worthless title that's yeah. never defended. Yeah. Like he's not going to be any better off. I, I was, you know what I really wanted to happen after he turned on him. I thought they should have had Christian walk out with his arms open and then jungle boy just goes and gives him a big hug. And then it's like, you know, in the fans in Canada, you know, after he healed on them the night before, like I thought that might have really gotten over. And then it's like you're kind of putting him in under Christian, but maybe that's where he needs to be. But but I guess like right now he's just going to be on his own as a heel. And in AW especially, like you need a stable. Yeah. Like you can't be by yourself. MJF is the exception that proves the rule. But Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, – it doesn't seem natural to, to Jungle Boy, but maybe – being a heel actually helps him yeah. be a better baby face. That that could be uh, part of part of the calculus. He's gonna have to get new now. music. Get new music. Yeah. Um, you know, he 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 was making fun of the the little arm movements for his own music at the end there. Um I think I think he's gonna be a good heel. Like he's there's something about him, especially I think if he hooks up with Anna Jay on screen. I think that'll really. It might have like a Sammy tie thing going on there, like where that might that might not be good for her though. Well, I think she's kind of dead in the water, anyways. They killed her finisher, like you know, twice now. People have just like no sold it. So you know, maybe that's maybe you put him in the Jericho Appreciation side, or maybe you just break them off. But I think they've got this thing where people are going to be jealous of of him for having the hot girl and uh, and they're not going to like her and so yeah they you know they can just do that but but i think eventually he probably needs a manager definitely needs a manager um he's all right a few more matches here and i really appreciate all the people stand uh who are oh, hanging yeah. out with us and you know what i you know what i realize is even though this is sunday and people got to go to work tomorrow there i think people are pretty buzzed they're pretty jazzed about the show so you just have this especially you know, drinking you... this whiskey and crown <laughs> really no i i had a I had the Kentucky's Best, which is the Trader Joe's Ooh. Urban. And uh, my buddy and I, we we only use this Trader Joe's Bourbon as a mixer. Like if we're to drink bourbon to drink bourbon, we'll, we'll, we'll buy other stuff. But that, So I had my new bottle of Kentucky's Best Bourbon, and I just had a Coke Zero. So that, that's In honor of Chuck Taylor. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So the last three matches here that we're going to talk about, Eddie Kingston, Ishii, the elite versus Blackpool Combat Club, Takeshita, and Shota Umino. This match was a lot of fun. Now, again, I when I watch these multi-man tags, the 10-man tags, I know that there's going to be a lot of stuff that is going to be very calculated to get to certain spots and all of a sudden, everyone's going to be in the ring and then it's only going to be two people in the ring. Then everyone's going to be in the ring and then there's going to be two people in the ring. You have to be okay with that kind of stuff in order to appreciate these matches. These guys are better than good. Like all 10 of these guys are just incredible pro wrestlers. So they made it work to where I wasn't like, ah, that's kind of cheesy or whatever. So I really, I really, really liked this match. The story was uh, multiple stories going on. Eddie Kingston hates Claudio. Every time they were near each other, they were fighting. <laughs> like they were just looking for each other. There was Moxley and Eddie Kingston did a lot of a lot of chopping, but they weren't doing that thing where you cross the line, right? Like 
nobody all of a sudden threw a knee to the groin to to get the upper hand. It was all sort of kind of fair stuff with each other. Mm-hmm. That so it's really interesting to see where they go there. Uh, Shota Umino and uh, Takeshita as a tag team was actually really cool. They were doing spots together, kind of like partners. Uh, the but you know th- this is interesting, and I wanted to ask you about this because I you know I did so many podcasts last week. I don't even remember who I was asking this. <laughs> the young bucks don't they seem a little bit too under the rate, like too not important in their own company. I felt that way in this match too, almost like they're not that important when they should be two of the biggest stars in the entire company. I just felt like they're just under the radar. They're just kind of skating by. And that may be because of other reasons that we don't know about, but I just felt again, you know, there's something going on here. I don't know why they're not a, a much bigger part of this TV show and this this company right now. Well, I mean, even to the point where you had two brother tag teams fighting over who the best <laughs> brother team in the company is, and meanwhile, these guys are like, uh, "Hello, um, yeah, no, I think I think actually, like, I might be wrong about this, but I, I don't even think they actually legally tagged into the match at all." Um, they they were involved. I mean, they were doing stuff and everything, but um, they, yeah, they were just kind of there and, you know, they did a couple spots. I honestly can't remember. I remember Hangman doing a lot. I thought he looked um, great in this match, though. Yeah. He may, he may have knocked, maybe may hit a little too hard in certain, yeah, <laughs> certain times. Yeah. yeah you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I think that was just a scare punk. Yeah. He's like, see, I mean, sucker. But on his team and, and, you know, Kingston stood out for sure. Um, Ashii. I mean, was, you know, just, I mean, he got the win, right? Yeah. Um, and, and he was, um, you know, he was outstanding. Like, there were so many matches coming out of this that I wanted to see. Um, and none of them involved the Bucks. And yeah. honestly, like, depending on your tastes, some people might say they're the best, they were the best two, they're the best two workers in this match. And they were barely a factor. Yeah. You know, which is, which is weird. They were like a side um, angle to the whole thing. Side are they being downplayed? Are they hurt? Um, you know, I know Matt had that injury. I think it was Matt, right? Or is it Nick? No, I think it was Matt. Matt had, that had injury. a bicep injury. Yeah, and and we we haven't seen a ton of them, so you know it's it's possible that they're still hurt, or you know who knows? Maybe they're just saving themselves. I don't know, but I mean the match wasn't hurt by it. Um, I agree with Matt. I thought it was the second best match on the show. Um, definitely my second favorite match on the show. Um, and maybe the second best as well. At at the time this this match was over, I was even thinking like this might it, it's gonna be hard to top this as my favorite. I just was really mm-hmm. into this match. Yeah. Um. And and all the things I I, I want to see Takeshita and Ishii. I want to see um you know Takeshita and uh, and Kingston. Uh, you know I want to see Ishii against anybody. He's my favorite wrestler. Um. And then Moxon and Kingston. I mean we got just a taste, just a taste. Um, and yeah, is is this was great. And we barely saw Claudio, um, in the match that, that I can remember Wheeler, you know, he was a little shithead. Like, he yeah, take, he and, took the pin. He took the yeah. brain buster, which is, yeah. And I think that people were surprised at that. Like I was expecting, it almost looked like the bucks were supposed to break it up and they missed it. Like, I, I don't know if that was just selling or what, but it was really good. Cause you saw them in the corner and you figured, oh yeah, they're going to break it up. And then they didn't. And then, you know, it was just, oh, the match is over. Okay, cool. 
Uh, and Eddie is uh, headed to the G1, so he's mm-hmm. the uh, the one uh, the one person from this company who who will be in G1. And I, I'm excited to see him. I, I want to see him in, in some in in the bracket that he's in, and I, I'm very interested to see his matches. So good for Eddie. Him and uh, CE are going to have a match. Yeah, no, that'll be tremendous. Yeah. Uh, one of the more underrated matches on the card: Willow and Tony Storm. Now, I thought Willow had a really good match with Nyla Rose. Impressive in the sense of. We are building Willow for 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 bigger things. I thought she had a better match with Nyla uh, than Chris Statlander had not a couple weeks ago. I thought it was was better. Willow also, she, I think her, I think she just really understands her character very well, and it showed out in this match. Like she was really fired up in this on the show, and you can see the difference now. We go back to Billy Starks. Billy Starks very young probably the first time ever in front of a crowd like this, you know, there was a couple of moments where you could tell like, Oh, like she's a little nervous or whatever. And, and in, um, you know, in certain moments as the baby face to fire up, like she got to like maybe a five out of 10 mm-hmm. Willow got to like a 10 out of 10 on firing up on stuff. So I thought she was a really good baby face in this match. Uh, Tony storm wins in a very heelish way. Referee kind of gets, entangled with with the two of them uh referee gets pushed out of the way and then tony rakes the eyes and then it hits her her little quick pile driver to win the match but i'm i'm just impressed you know this is a few a few really strong willow performances in a row and it made me wonder if tony khan is thinking her for the owen uh which would be you know it, it would it would be a nice a nice thing for her to win the Owen and, and a little bit of an upward trajectory for her. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. She's, I think she's already in the semifinals, right? She beat Nyla. Um, she beat Nyla. When you say a couple in a row, like I'm, so one of the observations I had was I thought this match was so much better than the match she had with Nyla. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really impressed with that match. Um, I don't exactly know why. I think maybe it was just, you know, they're a little too similar and uh you know just the style and everything but this match was was great um and these women were in the the hardest spot of the show i think um you would maybe say that following, following that crazy tag yeah because you you might say following will and kenny was the hardest but you know what it was sting and it was jericho and it was suzuki like yeah you know like they they have that um fail safe <laughs> you know that you know whereas this they had nothing and there wasn't much of a build to this match. It was just kind of announced. And um, and and they, you know, they went out there and they won that crowd over. The crowd was into the match by the end of it. And that's you know, and you've been talking about Willow, and I want to talk about Tony because mm-hmm. I thought Tony is really um finding herself as this heel character. She's and she's so great in the role. She's she she's is. a really, really strong champion. I she think. is, and and the women at ringside play their role to perfection. Soraya is underrated as this just heel manager that is you want to hit her. You know, I, I love the outcast. I know a lot yeah. of people don't like them because no. they're ex WWE. I love the outcast. I think they do a great job in their role of just heat, yeah. heat, 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 heat. Absolutely. Like Soraya, when she, you know, when one of them has the ref distracted and then she gets her licks in. And the the one thing, the only down thing I would say is it is a little bit of stupid baby face syndrome that she doesn't have any friends with her because you know that the they're <laughs> yeah. going to be there. But 
you know, and Sky Blue was backstage watching, like maybe bring her out, you know. Um, although I don't know what Sky Blue is going to do to Saray and and uh, and Ruby, but um, you know, they should bring a kendo stick or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I really like this, and uh, and and I do think I like your idea of of having her win the Owen uh, because I don't really see anyone else as. I, mean, I suppose you could have Britt win it two years in a row, but mm-hmm. that's kind of boring. Um, what do you think uh, about Britt not really being a focus right now? I don't know. Maybe she's hurt. Um, yeah, you know, maybe we don't know. Yeah. Like, um, I think it, I think she's hurt by the fact that Jamie's hurt, you know, it's, it's probably the, the Very biggest true. thing. Yeah. Very true. So, um, you kind of have to downplay her a little bit, but now that, now that forbidden doors over and, and we're into the Owen, I think you got to at least have her in the finals. Um, you know, she's a defending champion and all that. And, uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know if she's ill too, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm, cause she was at that media or that, um, signing with, uh, with her boyfriend. So it's possible. Yeah. They were at the Nintendo thing and yeah, it's possible. They were both hurt. I don't know. Or sit or yeah. Ill or whatever. Or ill. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. The, only, yeah. the only match we haven't talked about was, um, Le- Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki gods. Yeah, uh, Minoru Suzuki, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara against Naito, uh, Darby Allen, and Sting. Th- this match was very rough in spots, and I wanted to get your thoughts on something. There's a moment in this match where Guevara and Jericho are not on the same page. Uh, Jericho brings out the table, the only table that they used in the night, from what I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulls it out, puts Sting on the table, and tells Guevara to do the you know the the the, the off off the top rope into the table Guevara doesn't want to do it and Sting's laying there for a, a little while like he you know he he's he was rammed into the into the barricade and so he's on this table Guevara's like no 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 so everything Guevara does is super fast like he's just uh-huh. an explosive athlete so he does move and the way Sting takes it made me wonder if Sting was supposed to get out of the way. And the reason I say that is he was on his feet in the next spot. <laughs> and so I wonder if you thought the same thing. Was Sting supposed to move out of the way and Guevara supposed to crash and burn? What what was supposed to happen here? Uh, I'll be honest. like I didn't really think that. Um, but something seemed off. And so that's probably it. And I just, it just didn't occur to me. I was more focused on the fact that I could hear someone on camera saying, Oh my God, Sammy, are you okay? And and it was a theme. It sounded like a female voice and I thought it was Aubrey, but apparently it was like the two little kids at ringside that, that Will Ospreay had been heckling in the yeah. match before. <laughs> so I was like, I was just like focused on that. But I mean, there was that spot and, and he, he seemed like he hit him like pretty like hard. Yeah. And and then it was like just before that there was another spot where he was like making a save and he just clocked Sting like So the so Sting had yeah. the Scorpion Deathlock. I think right. it was on Jericho. Yeah. And Sammy Guevara jumped from the top rope backwards so that he could hit a cutter. He actually reached Sting, but Sting didn't actually take the bump. Yeah. So I don't he either he didn't bend down far enough rough. or whatever. And they started grabbing his head. I didn't think that Guevara actually hit him on the head. I think he was just trying to sell what he was supposed to sell, even if we didn't see him actually hit the <laughs> yeah. mat. So there was some confusion there. And so after this spot, Sting's going into the ring, and he's dealing with Suzuki and Naito. He steps from outside the ring 
to inside the ring. And it was like, oh, that wasn't the right timing. Then he steps back outside the ring, then inside the ring again to do to and help. And the announcers the- are like just basically selling it like he's superhuman. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, oh my God, he just took that bump and now he's up. Like, wow, look at this thing. So Naito wins. He, he pins Suzuki. Yeah. That match, uh, I think they had some ideas on, on doing stuff and it didn't necessarily work in their favor. It was a charisma star power match, anyways. It didn't. It didn't need to be this like. Great, we, we got great the Lasuki God's pose. We got the yeah. pose. Yeah. Um, um, but but here's my question, and and we saw this not too long ago. It was a few weeks ago when uh, Sting was working with the Embassy. I think it was an, it was also an eight man tag, and they had him doing all these spots, and this poor brother can't remember what's going on. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, can we make it easier for this guy? He's a friggin' legend. Why is he yeah. doing all these random spots with these guys? I, I will say in that first match, I, I I remember hearing you and John talking about it and thinking, oh, wow, okay. Like, I didn't really notice a lot of that. And I remember just, like, watching the match and thinking it was a lot of fun just because yeah. it was so fast-paced. And it felt like they had a 15-minute match that they had a cut time and they were told, okay, you got six minutes now and we're just going to do the same match. Um, whereas this time, this was like the first time I think that I've seen Sting in AW where I thought, okay, he looks like maybe he shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not going to say he's washed or shot or anything. It wasn't that it was just, he just looked like he didn't belong. And, and it's unfortunate. They did have the one cool spot where he, where he, he went off with, with Jericho and, and I think hopefully we'll get that match. Um, I think Jericho could have a really good match with him. You know, just a singles match, just a simple match, like you said. You know, don't give them too much to do. Just, yeah. you know, I thought they were. I thought we were going to get the flare sting spots, but we didn't really get much of that. We just got the the sharpshooter or the scorpion death. Line. I mean, it definitely looked that the match was there to yeah. create a little bit of interest. So they, I think, and I think they did an, an angle or something at the scrum. I saw some photos, but I didn't see any of it, of the actual scrum. All right, last thing I just wanted to ask you before we get out of here. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks to everyone who's checking in with us live. The announcing, the pre-show or the zero hour had Kevin Kelly, Excalibur, and uh, Chris Charlton, who uh, was in in a tux, and and you know they're all dressed to the to the nines. They're 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 looking ever so professional. And then you got this dude in a mask that I, I know people love Excalibur. <laughs> I, I still think it's a little weird. But um, then when we do the the regular show. You had Kevin Kelly, you had Excalibur, and then you had Tony and Taz. And then Taz had, I think he left after his he, he son got beat up. Everything, yeah. Um, I, for for me, I get why Tony's there. I sort of understand why Taz is there, but I think they're they're kind of do like they duplicate each other a little bit. So in a three man, I would have rather had the three man than the four man. Um, but I was just thinking. The announcing on this match would have been perfect it was if it was just Kevin and Excalibur. Yeah. Um, so when uh before the show, I think it was Matthew Burrill in our um in our Discord uh had asked, you know, who do people think are gonna be the commentators on this show? And I said, Oh, I think it's gonna be Excalibur, um, Kevin and um and Taz. And then the show opened and it was Chris Charlton, as you mentioned, on the pre-show. And I thought that team was really good. The only criticism I would have, and I've I've heard Chris Charlton on New Japan. I watch a lot of New Japan. And um, 
he doesn't talk as much on New Japan as he did here. I don't mm-hmm. know why they did that, but it, it was a choice. And it almost seemed like by the end of the pre-show, he was talking less. So maybe like someone got in his ear and said, hey, you know, let the other guys talk. Or, I mean, or more. he just knew he only had it his, he was only going to be on there for an hour. So that could be, yeah. He's just trying to get his, get his shit in. Um, and then when the, when the pre-show, when the main show started, it was the team I thought it was. I didn't even realize Tony was out there. Um, I thought that Tony came in when Taz left. Um, so Tony, like, I I don't think it, like, you barely noticed him. So, I mean, it, for that thing, maybe he didn't even need to be there. Because um, I remember thinking at one, like, I actually almost typed the comment into the Discord uh, when Taz left. It was like, oh, this is so much better with just the two of them. And then I heard Tony, and it's like, oh, he's there too. Okay. <laughs> I, I had no, like, I didn't even notice him. You know, um, there was a few points when, I noticed him. I think, oh, the Will Ospreay match. He was yeah. just like overreacting to everything, and because yeah. he's a fan, right? Yeah. And and I even went on Twitter and I said, oh, I think he's gonna have a cornery by the end of this match. Well, I, there was also a moment where somebody did an eye rake, and he's like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm totally fine with an eye rake. You know, you get yeah. the advantage. And then you know, when then I think Omega's head got rammed into the announcer's table. He's like, oh my god, like yeah, you need to arrest Will Ospreay. There's like- nails there in that thing. <laughs> I remember him saying when they ripped the the thing off. Um, but yeah, so I think like, I don't know why they feel like they need a three man booth or a four man, but, or, you know, as some people said, maybe they don't even need to all be men. Um, but, yeah. uh, I think that, um, that Kevin Kelly and Excalibur would have been a perfect team for this show. Yeah. Like, just the I two agree. of them. Chris Charlton, like, I think he has a role. I think it's better in Japan because I think in Japan, like he, he adds that translation piece, which is very helpful for English viewers. Mm-hmm um chris I'm charlton not... very nice guy by the way i got to do oh. an interview with okada and charlton was there to oh, help yeah. us do the translation yeah and i've had some interactions with him on twitter and he's always been really nice to me too so i was happy to see him out there um and i know a lot of people were hoping he would stay around for the show so hopefully he um you know he impressed people and and he gets some more work um although he lives in japan so i'm not sure how much he could actually do for aw uh, but yeah, the it was nice to hear our buddy Chris Samsa's voice yes. on the broadcast as well. I was was like, he on the vo- well, he was on the broadcast? I, I think uh, Kevin Kelly mentioned his stats. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. seventeen name. and two in New Japan. I think that was yeah. Osprey. One small nitpick of the Osprey Omega, the only nitpick you're ever going to hear from anyone, um, except for had, when I complain about the finish. They had an AEW ref. Should yeah, have been an, should have should have been a New Japan ref. Yep, yep. yep. When you pointed that out. I thought, yep, he's right. Yeah. He's right. But other than that, uh, yeah, uh, great show, great show though. And uh, I, I honestly, I'm no exaggeration, no word of a lie. I would have paid a hundred for this show, and I'd have been happy. Like this was a really good show. Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao prices there. Yeah, Connor, Connor too, right? Connor and, and, and Mayweather as well. Yeah. I think UFC now is like eighty five. It? <laughs> it's definitely eighty, I think, yeah. at least for me. Uh, the only other note. Um, I just got a text from John Muse, who was at oh. the presser at the scrum. And I get you, know, I mentioned the Jericho angle. I guess John got hit with a bottle of water during this whole craziness that happened. Wow. Like when? Like during the scrum. Oh, at the, oh, oh, wow. What craziness happened? I, I, I don't, I didn't see it. I, I saw Jericho, oh. I think it was Jericho Sting, because I saw yeah. a picture of that. Um, and then I, I, I'm assuming it was during that, but 
I guess Jericho. Is this an angle? Like John's going into AW now? (laughs) Yeah. I'll be all for that because John will make sense of some of this stuff. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I want to point that out because people who watch the scrum, if if you did see this, and the person who got hit was uh, a good friend of ours who uh, was very smart about pro wrestling, by the way. You know what? Being friends of ours is not good for your your health. We had one of our friends got spit on at uh was it revolution you know john remember john um was that double or nothing he got he got spit on by uh mjf no way i don't i don't think yeah. i heard this yeah john atheridge yeah oh, wow he, uh, yeah it was a dynamite actually it was okay. a dynamite before double or nothing he was like yeah he was he literally spit in his face jeez and and it, this wasn't an angle like you know and and John was John's a really nice guy, but if John was someone else, like if it was you or me, like we're getting paid, like you know, like uh, yeah. Uh, so Matthew watched the presser and he said that Jericho threw a bottle up in the air and then he hit it with a bat. Wow, so that bottle then. Oh, so it wasn't hit like it hit him pretty hard. Yeah, I think it. I think it wow. did. So, oof. oh, I hope John gets paid. Oh, <laughs> I, I I hope John is not injured is 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 what is, oh that too yeah of course so. of course all right so thanks paul thanks for hanging out and doing this i know it's late for you thanks to people who are checking in on the chat really appreciate that uh and uh, that is our uh, reaction show here uh fight game podcast extra uh so um hopefully uh, everyone checks out the boom which will be up tomorrow uh no, actually tuesday morning um, because I believe Kevin Ely, James B. McDaniel, Jeremy Finestone, and Stephen Conway. So you got the AEW wow. side and the New Japan side. They're all going to be on the boom together. They're going to have that, you know, that day later analysis. You know, Paul and I are kind of reacting right after the show's over. They'll have a day to think about what happened and, and make some sense of stuff uh, in, in that way. So make sure you check out the boom. They'll have uh, their show and it'll be very new Japan and AEW. They'll have both sides of the conversation there. So uh, thank you to, to Paul again for, for doing this. I'm double G. Thanks to people who are in the chat, checking out, checking us out. Peace out. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.